0: Our biggest sale of the year is going on now. Every course at Pro EDU is sixty five percent off. Every retouching tool, overlays, LUTs, textures, backgrounds, actions, all sixty-five percent off. No code needed. Now there's extra savings as well. Spend two hundred and fifty dollars. You can use the code BLUE fifteen at checkout to save an additional fifteen percent off. Orders over four hundred dollars can save. An additional 25% off with the code BLUE25 at checkout. And every purchase, now through Cyber Monday, comes with the free Photographer's Toolkit, of $1,500 value, and it's our gift to you. Check out ProEDU.com for our biggest sale of the year going on now. Welcome to the ProEDU Podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite artist, to so grab yourself a
1: cold sarsbrilla and saddle up. All
2: right, Michael, you're a veteran of the uh, of the podcast, but for our people who may not have heard you, I want both of you to do a little spiel about who you are, what you do.
0: Uh, my name is Michael Bonacore, and I am a travel photographer and that pretty much is uh my life my passion i travel around the world i take photos uh document lives in front of me and landscapes people everything uh that Im- comes with the travel territory that's my life like drinking the brown dirty water and i drink the brown dirty water We're talk in about India, about that. Yeah. i have
3: cool. to go after that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so oh, tracy sorry, who are you tracy.
3: Uh, hi everybody, I'm Tracy Lee and I'm an astrophotographer. I, I should say that's my passion, but I was an action sports photographer for many years. But um uh, Yeah, you did M M A stuff, right? Yeah. No, yeah, I traveled to the UFC and that was very exciting and fun. But um no, I do a lot of landscape and yeah. um night photography and that is my passion at this point. Which and is I travel cool. all over. I do travel, not Quite as much as him, but I travel constantly and
2: that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the world of being a travel adventure kind of landscape photographer. How do you guys make this world of landscape travel photography a viable business?
0: Well, for me, I'm lucky because I work for resource magazine yeah. so I've got a publishing agent yeah you know that I can go to camera companies or Lens companies, hard drive manufacturers, whatever, and say, Hey, I've got this crazy idea. I want to go to Tahiti for a month and dive with sharks and do all this cool stuff, but I need, you know, I need partners to help me with this. So, um, so I have that option of being able to say, Hey, I'm going to publish a 14 page magazine feature. And so for me, that is where a lot of our, my business comes from. Right. It's from the magazine world. Uh, and I'm lucky that I have that.
2: And when you didn't have that, or if you didn't have that, how would you make a living as a travel photographer? It
0: was much harder. Yeah. It was really hard How'd because you do there's it? so many Instagram stars, right? Like, yeah. So all these Instagram stars with a hundred thousand followers, whatever these, you know, Instagram stars, they go to a lot of places and they work for the tourism boards and the hotels and all that kind of stuff. But they, a lot of them will not, they, they just don't get paid. And so, as far as I know, some of the people I've I've talked to about it, and so they'll do the work for free, and so it makes it hard for someone who's trying to actually make a right. living and make money off it. Uh, it's it's difficult when you're trying to compete with somebody with. Two hundred thousand followers, and they're going to do the
2: work for Let's free. ask somebody. So Tracy, you've got <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have four phones stacked in front of you because you have Explain twenty that. accounts. Uh,
3: well, I, I, I on top of being a photographer, I'm also a social media consultant. Yeah. So I actually have companies that hire me to run their social media. So a lot of my photography stuff ends up being through working social media for clients. Perfect. Um, and so I like as far as income, that's where a lot of income comes in. I also have a very large night photography account that opens a lot of business opportunities for me. So um, for example, I am sponsored by uh, Tokina lenses and slick tripods and um, they pay me to use my photos, you know? So they use it for advertising and, you know, marketing and so on and so forth. Um, I'm also involved with Loom Cube and, you know, similar things across the board um, as far as, you know, I work with them, you know. Hopefully, I uh, I hope they buy some of my photos. If they don't, I also have the opportunity to sell marketing on my own accounts, mm-hmm. as well as um, I do social media. So, I mean, I have you're busy a, a bunch of different you know buckets that I pull out of income for streams. Income. Yeah, yeah. Di- a bunch of different income streams. I sure. mean, the
0: four phone thing is just ridiculous because I can't <laughs> even I can't keep up with one phone. It's kind of I don't epic, know how she, It's kind of epic.
2: Yeah, and I don't. Not, I don't drink. I That's don't true. even know how to run my phone.
3: I don't she, drink She doesn't else. even have I, I can't work it. <laughs> so, like,
0: where <laughs> is she keeping all these phones? You don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think you know
3: where I keep my phone. Everybody knows where I keep my phone.
0: Where? Oh. oh, oh there you I go. Can, you can get four in there.
3: Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Now this is audio, so I think Rob needs to give a detailed description <laughs> of what's happening right
2: now. Well, right now Tracy is putting phones uh, in her bra,
3: basically, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and her yes. cleavage to be more specific. <laughs> yes,
1: it's straight up, right between <laughs> yeah. them, thereabouts. I don't thereabouts. usually put all four.
3: So I'm I'm a female, so I carry a purse. So it's, there you go. and yeah. deciding to go to four phones, you know, I could do the option of logging in and out, but I won't get the notification from my clients. I won't get. I mean. I have to remember all these passwords and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's easier to just carry four phones, put three of them in my purse, and just have them with me all the time. So they're all active. And they're, they're all active they're phones. Phones. So that's
2: are me. you ever not on your phone?
3: Uh, I'm, never on my, I'm not on my phone a lot. I go off the grid quite often. So yeah. I just have to plan for it because I know that I have to be in the morning, get my work done for my right. clients always. But that's what allows me to be able to travel and be wherever I want.
1: Michael, Michael Bonacore. So you've been around the world once or twice, right? A Couple times. So you've you've seen lots of places, lots of little nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. Give us an adventure story of one of these places you've been to that you're like, I don't even know how I survived that. Well, uh,
0: I almost got killed by an elephant once. There you go. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. do tell. Uh, In Botswana, we were on a single track sand road and an elephant came out from behind the bush jumped right in front of our car big big bull elephant male elephant they're very aggressive and uh we did not have a way to get out because it was single track we couldn't turn around we couldn't back up because elephants naturally will chase and pounce if you're going to run away from them so you have to basically stare down the elephant and yeah and um he was pissed and he came out and he was ears flapping and you know, very loud and very aggressive, and he started walking towards the car. And I made uh, peace with myself, and I thought I was about to Did you? get trampled.
2: Yeah, uh, that was. A, How many people were with you? Was it just, just me you?
0: and, and uh, one other person? Yeah, just the two of us. And we had been told, we had been warned not to go self-drive on this. Um, in this, because you might this.
2: get. Trampled by yeah, a, yeah. a prancing and pouncing yeah. elephant. <laughs> but of course, I didn't heed I that advice. <laughs> I did not heed that advice. Um, so did you look at the guy you were with and say, this is it? Well, it was a girl. All and uh, One last kiss
0: before all she that. she freaking yeah, yeah, out? pretty much. Um, oh, yeah, we reaction. were both.
1: I think it's safe to say we were both freaking out. Both up. freaking out. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Underwear change moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, Hold on. I wasn't wearing underwear, back. Frederick. <laughs>
0: Commando, bro. Great. Commando. That's where way to go. I gave
2: up underwear in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. That's something
3: I did not know about you, Rob.
2: It's yeah. actually true. <laughs>
3: okay. Anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: going like back you know, to actually, <laughs> like everything else wasn't true, but that was. Nothing like, else <laughs> was. <laughs> but you know how
0: you know, like it was really hard for me not to look under the table right then. You know, like he said that, and I was <laughs> like, "Wait, just wait yeah." Sorry. So, right just one that was on my yeah. leg? That's, uh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> that's good. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably my. What do you think got it to finally back down? He was thirsty, and he finally went down to the river and start drinking. How long yeah. was this incident? It, about a minute, minute and a half. It was oh, like, that, it was like an hour. In yeah, it felt like an hour. It. Yeah. Yeah,
2: adrenaline-wise,
0: it felt like an hour,
2: but yeah, it was probably about a minute. So we were talking about drinking the brown water. Yeah. Seriously, mm-hmm. how? why do you do that? I,
1: yeah, well, give us some background on that. Yeah. Like okay, you go to so, India and you drink brown water. Oh yeah, water.
3: he tried to convince me to drink the water at the bar last night, and I'm like, Mm-mm. He's
2: trying to build up your immune system, yep. apparently. Yeah, exactly.
1: It builds yep. up your immune system. Or destroys it. Or, or, or destroy kills it. you. Or kills you, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't – okay, I don't recommend it. I should not be recommending that to anyone. Don't go drink the water wherever right. you go. Yeah. But for me, what I've done over the years is I've drank the water in most places, and I just feel that all the stuff I've put into my body over the years, it's been a lot, um, <laughs> has built up my immune system, and I don't get sick, and I don't – I always feel good. You've never gotten
2: sick? Never you, gotten have you've, you've, you've- Well, no, I mean, I've gotten – a random cold here and there, but travel-wise, I've only been... No, I'm talking about, like, Montezuma's revenge. No, you no, haven't no. been sitting on the toilet for five days thinking you were going to die because you gets- drank the local nope. water.
3: Wow. But I eat the street food, so I'm in the same, similar situation. But I've only gotten sick once.
2: All right. Wow. Wow.
0: Got to build up that immune system. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frederick has, like... Frederick's got some weird, crazy
1: uh, water filter thing going that he carries around with him everywhere. Yeah, right, Joe, yeah I'm holding up this this camel pack thing I have that, mm-hmm. that irradiates water and kills yeah. anything. In
2: yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think we need a germ-free life. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll, I'll admit it, I've become soft. I, I go
1: easy on my troops, my white blood cells. They don't, they don't need to work harder than they yep. need to. <laughs> Mine do, unfortunately. <laughs> Yours are beat up. Mine are beat up. Mine are beat
2: hell. How do you guys get into this line of work? How do you decide that adventure travel night photography is what you want to do?
3: I can't say that, that anything decided it. I just wanted to start being outdoors all the time. Perfect. I lived in Vegas for, you know, over a decade now. And um, you know, I lost that. I grew up camping and, you know, going hiking and exploring and stuff, and I did that as as a child yeah. and I loved it. Then I moved to Vegas and I'm in the concrete jungle and somehow I, I spaced the fact that Vegas is actually in the middle of the Southwest, right. accessible to everything, like in the desert that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, you're, so,
2: you're just a drive away from everything.
3: Right. Less than four hours in any yeah. direction. We have amazing things to shoot. So um, when I realized that, I, I think I woke up... A, About 2014, and I was like, I need to get outside. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Sacramento, but I was born in the Cayman Islands, so we're actually kind of in my...
0: Yeah. General home territory. I, I right Back on, on island. I live in your yeah. neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're yeah. used to this ridiculous humidity. Oh,
3: I can't say I'm used to it. I live in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. M- I like dry heat. I can't stand the humidity. So I grew up in Sacramento, though. Yeah. And then from Sacramento, I ended up in Las Vegas. Why? And
2: what took you to Vegas?
3: Um, I actually started a nightlife website shooting photos in nightclubs. And I expanded that out to Las Vegas. Um, I don't even remember what year. Long time ago, though. And, and, um, so I spent the good first eight nine years I was in Vegas just in nightclubs every single night, and somewhere in the midst of that, I started shooting fights because I became friends with all the fighters, and then traveled to all the UFCs around the world. And that, that is actually what opened up you know me for traveling around the world as was doing stuff with the UFC. That's great.
1: That's um, cool. That's great. Yeah. So Tracy, you're an astrophotographer though. Yes. So aside from location. How do you do it what's what's the one secret to to shooting stars
3: i don't know if there's one secret i mean it's it's not rocket science by any means it's just i think creativity and understanding lighting and understanding your camera so i mean just like any type of photography you get good at what you practice Mm -hmm. so yeah and i mean I, i do it a lot i just did 22 nights in june i shot the milky way I only took one night off because I had a, a job in Vegas that I had to do. And then that was part of a contest that I created. And it, I had, I think, 10 people successfully shot 23 nights in a row. That's right. yeah. Wow. So as far as getting out there and doing it, it just having a sturdy tripod, a fast lens, mm-hmm. and a good camera that handles low light. I'm kind
2: of curious. What are the, what are avenues for creativity that you look for? Because when, when you talk about shooting the Milky Way, in some ways I feel like you're limited because you're looking up at the sky, right? I mean, you're shooting this vast thing. But how, how many different angles of it can you get like what are what are the areas where you find you can be creative when shooting
3: the milky way doesn't change you know know, it's going to be very consistent every single time so the creativity is the compositions that you create for foreground yeah a lot of people when they first shoot the milky way and i did this myself i shoot the sky and that's it right that's a boring shot yeah it just depends on what you put in your foregrounds and i go to great lengths to try and come up some examples some foregrounds Uh, We left Vegas on Saturday night and drove to the desert. We got there about four o'clock in the morning. We hiked out at six from six to 10 a.m. in 110 degree weather. Mm -hmm. We hiked through the desert looking for compositions. We marked them on GPS. We went and got an Airbnb and napped for a few hours and then we went back that night and lit up the arch and shot the milky way there. But how do you know cool.
1: how do you know what the position of the milky way is going to be? How do you calculate that?
3: So, I know it really well and I know that like in February it's going to rise in the east and by October, it's gonna end up rising in the west. Like once you learn it, it's very, it's very simple. Predictable. I'm sure there's an an app for that. I use an app. (laughs) Photo pills. I I use an app called Photo Pills, and uh, Photo Pills actually um, makes it a lot easier. It tells me times that the Milky Way will be rising, what time the sun will be setting. You know, it gives me all the details of nautical twilight and astronomical you know everything it gives me everything that i could need to know about potentially shooting the milky way and that's a good tool to use but i've gotten to the point where i just need it for times more than anything yeah or if i need to scope out situations like uh, locations that i've never been to so i'm looking like, at like places here. here in puerto rico yeah. right. and i'm trying to plan out places to go shoot the milky way tonight tomorrow night michael
2: you do a ton of nightscapes as well you've got an entire gallery dedicated yeah on my really old crappy website.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when are you gonna update that thing, man? I know. Same time I update my MySpace page.
2: man. <laughs> we're just building ours. Yeah, I'm excited about it. We've MySpace been building it for a,
1: it's like the next big thing. Seven I'm seasons now, I'm No, you MySpace. Guys, is. You guys don't. You know, you gotta dive into Friendster. I'm telling you. Oh <laughs> man,
0: Friendster. I was. On we're gonna Friendster. bring them both back. I forgot about that. I was on. Were uh, you? Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, we were all on Friendster. Mm-hmm. That's, well, not any, not you? anyone not Rob. in the Silicon Bay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. Um, but as far as night stuff, yeah, photo pills. And the cool thing about photo pills is it's actually got like a virtual reality. And so when you open the app, this is how you can really plan your Milky Way shots. When you open the app, you can open this virtual reality thing and basically put your phone up to the sky and it'll show you where the Milky Way is and where it's going to be and what time. So you can like, you can Slide adjust it the time. That's amazing. And you can see yeah. where it's going to rise, the angle it's going to be. So, so that imagine, helps you compose. Exactly. Imagine Correct. you're standing in front of an arch and you're like, yeah, man, you're, this would be uh, really great. You're in great the daytime right. yeah, in oh, front of an fantastic. arch
3: and you just hold up the phone and you can... And you
0: say, oh, at 3 a.m., the Milky Way is going to be perfectly you know, aligned with the arch and, and so you know to be back there at 3 a.m. And
2: is that cool? Man, what so like, could Ansel Adams have done had he had that yeah. app? you know, oh, He to wow. actually just go yeah. out there with a mule and a camera and <laughs>
1: <laughs> figure it out. And, <laughs> and out. film. Everyone and film. You know. the app. Yeah, so yeah.
0: as Tracy said, it was like, it's not rocket science. And it's so true. Astrophotography is actually one of the easiest forms of photography in a sense that your shutter speed is always going to be 20 to 30 seconds. Your aperture is always going to be f2.8. You know, you're just basically adjusting the ISO. Technically-wise astrophotography is not hard. It's very simple. The hard part about astrophotography is the planning. You see all these amazing uh, Milky Way shots like Tracy takes. These shots aren't dumb luck. She's not, oh, look, there's the Milky Way. There's the arch. Oh, perfect. I'm in the right place at the right time. No, she's gone and planned that. And that's what the hardest part about astrophotography is, is that you have to go out and you got to plan these sometimes six months to a year in advance, you know? Like some of these shots take a lot really, of Really, you're
2: planning your, your shots that far out?
3: I think I did plan one three months in advance. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and I know, I, I no, I take that back because there's a lot of places, locations that I wanna shoot, and I know, okay, this is the time of year that I gotta go there, so I have to yeah. wait. So I mean, it's not like a uh, hardcore plan goes into effect, but it's just like, okay, I know I can't shoot there till September, so that's on yeah. the back burner for now he's correct in saying it's very it's very simple you just a lot of it is planning now i start throwing in the mix more more difficult things like longer focal lengths or using star trackers or different situations like that require a lot more effort so it, it, you start out and it can be really simple and then you progress and you sure. add different things into the mix and i mean a longer focal length means a shorter shutter speed means a higher iso
0: Right. Then it gets interesting when you start throwing a
2: model under the Milky Way. How often are you doing Milky Way portraits?
3: I do Milky Way selfies quite often, so really? I do my own. And if I have friends with me that I know would love a Milky portrait, Milky Way audit. selfie. Yeah, that's a thing.
1: Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Who, knew, who knew? Unfair advantage. I
3: mean, but but we're we're putting <laughs> we're putting our cameras on tripods, so it's not. Right. I mean, it's like, hey, why why not? Yeah. You're in yeah. this amazing location. You can take this incredible photo. Do it.
0: And the cool thing is. Now, like back in the day, you'd have to actually press, you'd have to put it on a 10 second timer, press and run. the shutter and then run. Yeah. Nowadays, I control my camera through my phone. So I right. just have my phone in my hand, get everything set and I go out, stand in the place under the Milky Way and then I just tap my phone for the shutter and it takes it. So it's so easy now to, to take. You know, you've done, it, you've it, makes done Aurora me... ones too, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It makes me curious uh, about the challenge and the creativity Aspect for taking this type of photography when you have all these applications and these things that are in your pocket literally that make The mechanics of it easier By pushing that mechanical stuff aside Is it easier for you to concentrate on composition and where you want to go and the things you want to do? Or is it adding another layer where shit if that goes down if my phone isn't working? Are you adding all these layers of technology that are just problematic?
0: Yeah, we've definitely become way too dependent on our phones and for me, yeah. If my phone, not me. <laughs> yeah. as, as she looks at the, her four phones, so the girl has anymore, four yeah. phones in her cleavage. For God's sake, we should Literally. say not at the moment. They're out of the cleavage. Places now they're stacks. on the table. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we have become way too dependent on our phones for this kind of um, photography. So yeah, if if like I'm adding a layer of complexity to it for sure, but. Like we were just saying, like, what would Ansel Adam have done with with this technology? You know, it it changes the game, and and it's so necessary. But, yeah, we've...
2: And it probably makes it easier for you to go to places where you can almost be trampled by an elephant, or you can get to India when you have all this technology and you have this ability to really go. you
1: got superpowers.
3: Well, the great thing about PhotoPills is it works off GPS. So, I mean, you don't have to have phone service. So in in the backwoods and stuff where we're off the grid it's yeah. still able to you're still able to use it but like i said if you get to the point where you know the direction of the milky way and you know what angles it's right because you've just done it so much like i have yeah i i, I mean we've been up on the roof here and every night i'm like there's the milky way you can't see it with your eyes but i know exactly where it's at That's without pulling up my phone
1: one with the universe, yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> Michael, Michael Bonacore, you've been around the world, like we said, mm-hmm. so you've got to have refined your the stuff that you throw in your bag, now, you know, photographically and just you yep. know survival-wise. Mm-hmm. Give us a rundown of what you take with you.
0: It, less is more. So, I've had I, I lead photo workshops around the world, and I remember one time um, this uh, sweet woman came on this workshop with us. I can't remember what country, but it was some random like out, you know patagonia or something and she brought two giant suitcases like literally giant suitcases for like a photo workshop in patagonia yeah. and you're like wait
2: with this- an extra pair of wedges oh and man
0: <laughs> yeah exactly And you're like this Golf is clubs. way too much <laughs> and and i've talked to her since because i uh, right when she got there i'm like what are you doing like that's so much stuff and oh yeah i didn't know like what i needed and gave her the rundown less is more and like ever since then she sent me pictures of Every time she goes on a trip of less, her, and, less her, and less her suitcase is getting smaller and smaller. And she's like, Aren't you proud of me? Look at what I'm doing. Like <laughs> I've literally packed for three weeks in this little tiny bag and it, it and it's so true. Like you can't bring all this stuff on on a you know, a lot of adventures that you want to go on around the world. It's just gonna be a pain. So like I'll buy um uh smart wool, merino wool. You can wear those shirts four or five days without having to wash them and they don't smell it's awesome man like you bet you buy you learn how to buy stuff like that and
2: yeah it's, it's fabrics fabric are really important
0: fabrics are so important especially like here like we're all super hot it's humid cotton t-shirts are the worst thing we could be wearing yeah, right now but, we but you guys are yeah well not. we're yeah. stupid yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i always have to represent um
0: yeah and then camera gear you know i shoot with the sony so mirrorless system so it's lighter um i'm using all native lenses with my sony so you combine that it, it, it translates to a pretty light pack and yeah i don't like i didn't bring a 70 to 200 down here why because i know i'm not going to use it so why am i gonna so many people i already talked to down here are like oh i brought way too much camera gear like i'm not going to use any of this i'm like you know it's just a matter of like identifying what you want on the trip and just cutting out all the fat if you have any question about whether you should bring something then you shouldn't
2: bring it. Yeah, you can actually live without things when you don't have them, and exactly. you'll figure out ways to, to work around. To especially make things yeah. work, yeah. and especially camera gear. It's, yeah. it's
0: challenging, and it's I think it makes you a better photographer. I will go out all the time with just a thirty-five millimeter. Yeah, I,
2: I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, my my style has always been shooting medium format with a hundred and twenty millimeter. Mm-hmm. That's that that the use of that equipment is part of why my style is my style because I'm thinking within that framework. Uh, I think that's a really important quality as a photographer. Instead of having so many lenses and, and switching around all the time, so you, you kind of lose the shots when you're worried about what lens should you be putting on, and trying all the different you know lenses on your camera versus just going out and shooting. And of. it's making you lazy. So if you're yeah. able yeah. to
0: switch your lens quickly from like a wide angle to a 7200, great. I mean, it's that's what we do. We're photographers. We're trying to get the great shots. But you know what? That's lazy. Instead of Switching from a wide angle to a telephoto, walk, walk your ass over there and get closer to the zoom subject with your feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: I think it also makes you indecisive when you've got a zoom lens and you're just going back and forth and, and flipping around all the yeah. time or switching lenses. It makes you indecisive. Mm-hmm. It's like pick a point of view. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: the theme of this: less is more. Right. Less is yeah, more. Less is more. But what about redundancy? If you're out in the middle of the outback somewhere mm-hmm. and you got one camera body and it fails. What do you do?
0: Well, that's a great point, and that's why I carry two bodies. I will carry two bodies because if one fails, especially with 99% of my travels work, and so if I have a camera fail, yeah, I'm screwed. Like I'm not capturing the content that I got hired to go out there and capture.
2: How much backup do you guys do in terms of having batteries and things that you must have? Because you're out in the middle of nowhere, and if you lose your battery power or if you can't charge your batteries for four days because you're shooting the Milky Way in the middle of nowhere, you're hosed. How much, how much stuff do you have to carry?
3: I plan that out pretty good. Yeah. Um, um, With my backpack, I have multiple ICUs in it. So I have one that is one camera setup, one's the other. And then as I'm going out for the night, I decide, am I really going to shoot with two bodies and two tripods or not? Or I'll start pulling out, you know, and lighten my load because there's a lot of time. There are times when I'll carry both out and then only use one. But mm-hmm. that's also a timing thing. Yeah. Like we don't get out there in time. We don't light our our light our situation in time right. and I don't have the time to set up a second camera because setting up and focusing and doing all that with two different cameras and two different like points of view it ends up being very time consuming. She
0: also has an ICU in her backpack just for her phone. For my phones. Yeah.
3: <laughs> wow. I have I have a in cleavage ICU. Yeah. Powered by friction. Keeps coming keeps coming back.
1: Yeah. Powered by friction. I mean, that. Yeah. that is actually <laughs> the truth. That just that registered with me. Oh that, may be,
2: that may be the best thing you've ever said Potential energy, yeah. man. Don't, don't discount it. Actually, <laughs> put that as a tagline under that boomerang. Power powered by vibration. friction. Yeah. Power by friction. <laughs> <laughs> I you think I already posted you it. You
1: mentioned yeah. tripods are important for astrophotography, right? Yeah, I'm very but, important. But we're also saying pack light, travel light. Yeah. How do you reconcile that? What's a good tripod that's light? And also not light.
3: Well, good. Um, so all my tripods are, are carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm sponsored, fortunately, so I, I get those taken care of um, by Slick. And um, I have two. I have a super light that is just my backup. It works well, but I prefer the li- one that's a little bit heavier. The only problem. I can foresee having had, or I've had, has been in severe wind situations, and you're not gonna get a shot in that situation anyways. Because typically, I'm in the desert, and we can't see it, but the sand is swirling, and you know we're in the darks, but we can feel it. And so, I uh, on the, the great Milky Way chase, where I shot 22 nights in a row, I went out and shot, but two of those nights, we didn't get anything, because the wind was so bad. 50 mile an hour gusts. Yeah, wow. that'll mess you up.
1: Wow. Do you weight the tripods down
3: at all? Uh, try to I try to but sometimes even in that situation it doesn't make a difference
2: I don't think you want your lenses out in 50 mile an hour winds anyway right. there's gonna right. be sand blasting into the yep. front of your glass and that's destroyed so yep. that's not good can we can we get back to the business side a little bit because as I'm listening to you talk about being sponsored um, whether it's a tripod company or whoever both of you guys have a vehicle for sponsorship which is really helping making your life uh, better right. and, and giving you that that uh, that stream of income If you didn't have sponsorships, which if you look back in kind of days gone by, sponsorships really were not a thing. Um, I'm almost wondering what would be the difference between you and a fine art photographer. And the reason I ask that, one of my dear friends, Michael Eastman, um, has made his living as a fine art photographer. And he plans and thinks about where he wants to go and he'll go to Cuba and he'll just shoot and shoot and shoot and he'll come back. And he'll print, and he'll work on his images, and build his body of work. And then he goes out and he finds people to buy, going through galleries. And that, so I, I kind of feel like that is truly the world of being a fine art photographer. And I'm wondering if we remove the idea, the, remove the concept of you guys having a sponsorship, are you now really fine art photographers working for yourself, going out and finding your own clients? Is that the is that the differentiation between what you do? And yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I do do commissions, and I mean, I don't actively sell my work, mm-hmm. although I should. <laughs> well, I I, that's good, Then why don't I, you? I'm trying to decide what there there there's a lot of options out there when it comes to selling your work, and I haven't really nailed down a decision on on how to do it. I've I've tried Smug Mug and Facebook offers a shopping cart, but the shopping cart solutions are so bad plus I would have to do all the um, the work as far as getting the production of, of my work sent out and done yeah. and so that makes it harder when I keep as busy as I do Time so that's it's more it's, and I mean and the money difference is like I'll, I'll make a lot more money if I do it that way but I'm not doing it that way so that's why I think Smug Mug or something along those lines is going to be my best option because I I don't have to do any work I put yeah. it up People buy it, and then I don't think about it again. Yeah, and, and as far as sponsorships, it, it
0: definitely helps us as creatives. But I think it also can hinder your ability to be a creative because you're locked into a specific type of product. Equipment, yeah. And like, I don't really have sponsorships. I don't. I'm not right. really technically sponsored by. Well, oh, you have a vehicle in terms. But of, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. But I don't, unless a company is actually paying me to be a ambassador or whatever just getting free gear to me wouldn't be worth it because then you're locked what if this other tripod company comes out with this amazing tripod that you need you can't go buy it because you're locked into you know this other tripod company or same with camera you know like i love sony love sony i I made the switch years ago but sony doesn't pay me sony i'm not a sony you know brand ambassador so you know what if canon or nikon or Fujifilm, film whatever if somebody comes out with something that I mes- that I have to have I have that freedom to go and get it mm-hmm. um, so I'm not locked in so
3: I still have the freedom I'm not I'm not exclusive with anyone yeah so.
0: exactly it's it's
3: but I feel loyal so I mean
2: sure they take care of you yeah. and you've built up a relationship with them and Correct. that's that's incredibly Correct. important
1: did they choose you or did you choose them
3: uh well I've been shooting Tokina and slick for five six years so I actually chased after them for a long time. I did all different kinds of photography and a slick tripod went with me all over the world. So because of that, I was like, this is what I know and this is what I enjoy, so I chased after them and took three or four years.
1: Love it, love it. Tracy, r- rumor has it you know a little bit about marketing. A Little bit. A little bit of marketing. <laughs> Tiny bit. Her four phones say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got four cylinders over there, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so for the folks that are listening to this, that are like, you know what, she's clearly got it nailed and I'm overwhelmed. There's so much stuff to do. There's so many options out there. How do you keep up with it? And you're managing other people as well, as Correct. well as I have managing, clients. I work. You know, your own celebrity presence. How do
3: you manage all that? I don't sleep. <laughs> 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 I'm about a four-hour night sleeper, so that helps. But I mean, I'm just I just Oof. am constantly. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 I need three brutal. times that. Yeah, Three that. times
2: that. <laughs> Wait, you're getting twelve hours you a night? Sleep, no way. <laughs> kidding. This man has kids and grandkids. There's no way he can sleep yeah, twelve yeah. hours yeah, a no, night. No, you no. might need it, but you can't get it. I That's know, impossible. It yeah. Are there any places where you won't go? Are there lines that you nope. like you really go you, you'll go anywhere in the world? I will go anywhere in the world and I'll always go back. What are some places that you want to go that you've never been to? Oh man. Everywhere.
0: Um <sighs> Yeah, uh, I would say Antarctica. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So Antarctica's a, that's a big one. Um the Aleutian Islands. Uh Chris Burkard did this amazing nobody had heard of the Aleutian Islands really. Mm-hmm. And um man, they're just so cool. Like just really beautiful and they've got surf there and it's yeah, Chris Burkard really
3: put them on the map.
0: Put put that on the map, but it's still like nobody go- nobody goes there cuz it's so remote and it's so hard to get to. Um, but places like that would be really cool. Um, Russia, yeah, I really want to go to Russia. Mm -hmm. That's probably on the top of my bucket list. Why why do
1: you love travel photography versus other genres? For me, it's about capturing that split-second
0: moment, right? Everything that happens on the streets when you're walking around, all that is a moment in time that's never going to be recreated. And so for me, that's what's so attractive about travel photography is that you're capturing these moments that are never going to happen again. And, and I just love that feeling of, of capturing that perfect moment and realizing like, you know, that's a once in a lifetime kind of thing that you just saw.
1: Tracy, what about you? Same thing. Like, like in terms of like why you like astrophotography, what draws you to that versus other genres?
3: I was very hyperactive as a child, never sat still. And there was one thing that always could make me sit still, and that was watching the stars. So being out there combines my um, desire for adventure and seeing you know, the world with um, a desire to see the stars and just be in a place where, I mean, all the places that I go to shoot the stars, 95% of them I don't see another soul. So I'm picking places that are just super remote, and I'm not going to, you know, other than my friends that... Accompany me, we're by ourselves. So, is and this it's balance
2: just, for you? Are you looking to not be with people and not have four phones and 20 accounts? Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, seriously, is it, that, that kind of yin and yang for you yeah. to find, I mean, it's, find it's, a moment it's my of solitude? Escape. Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely an escape. So, and I enjoy being out there and I enjoy seeing something that takes an effort to yeah. see.
2: Michael, do you think that you like going to unfamiliar places because you want that? Kind of decisive moment that that moment that's never going to happen in a place where you don't know. Do you like the challenge of not walking down the same street every day looking for something different? Yeah, I love that. Like a lot, my best
0: form of travel, like the way I want to travel is to go without a plan, right? So I land in a country, I don't have a place to stay, I don't know oh. the language. Yeah, I wow. love that because you got to figure it out. And you're, it's those moments where everything is unplanned those are the moments that create the best stories because you're meeting the people that are helping you along this journey and kind of figuring it out. If you already had everything set and you already had a plan on all this kind of stuff, you're not going to meet that person who you randomly asked for directions
2: or
3: ask. There's no spontaneity. Uh, yeah. yeah. But
2: I, so that's kind of interesting and fascinating because clearly you have to, to do some preparation to go somewhere, but mm-hmm. you're intentionally leaving out a lot of the planning so that you have this kind of, moment of spontaneity and you let it go where it goes that's also a moment that gives a lot of people anxiety not knowing where they're going to stay yep. not knowing what the mm-hmm. plan is so do you have moments of anxiety or or is anxiety not a like an issue in your life where you actually want the adventure and yep. the race and the craziness
0: i don't feel that yeah i don't really get that anxiety but people like like you said people some people need to have that plan and and it's totally true like there's some and i lead these photo workshops around the world and some of those people that come are, are the ones that they like to have that plan that's why they're coming with us because right. we take care of everything all they have to do is literally show up right. get on a plane and show up right yeah you know there's nothing wrong with that but for me I'm a storyteller I love telling stories I'm not going to get any good story staying in the four seasons you're going to get the story at the random guest house that you stumbled upon at 2am you know without a plan looking for for a place to stay
2: so your mindset is not okay i'm gonna land i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get in this cab this guy might cut out my kidney and sell Mm -hmm. sell me for part you're not (laughs) thinking that at all like you don't have that doesn't
0: hit hit your mind the nope not at all you know where you know where i felt the most danger in my life where i feel the most threatened no i've never felt more unsafe than 3 a.m in the mission district in san francisco really wow right like i traveled to 40 countries and i've never felt more unsafe than i have in san francisco at 3 a.m and there's nothing wrong with san francisco i'm
1: just saying like it's sketchy down there
0: it's there's some areas that are yeah sketchy at 3 a.m you know and it's people find that hard to believe they go where's the most dangerous and where were you most scared i'm like san francisco and they're like or not even maybe new york like it's just ironic that
2: I the feel the scariest places are in the scariest place. places. Of well, I think I think that's backyard. a natural instinct for most people. You don't want to believe your home. Yeah. And for and for us now, we're talking home being the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to believe your home is an unsafe place, when reality is, you know, I live in St. Louis. That is not the safest city no. in the country, mm-hmm. not for sure. Yeah. But I feel totally safe there. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's it's my home, so it's people are like God. You're from St. Louis. Are you, are you worried about getting a shot? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go in those neighborhoods. And two, it's just it's my yeah. home. I don't have mm-hmm. that
1: fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you wrap up your mm-hmm. career and you're like, you know what, uh, I'm gonna hang up my wings, I'm not going anywhere. If that happens, <laughs> uh-huh. where, are you pick? That where, where are you gonna I don't see that happening. Where do you wanna, if you had to pick a place to like settle down, where would it be?
0: Well, I love where I live now, Boise, Idaho. I love it there because Idaho is like the perfect place for me out and, out Tracy, of all these and exotic... Tracy, Tracy can relate to this because it's such a amazing location for landscape photography, for gorgeous. camping, for road trips, for wilderness. Uh, we have the only dark sky park in the United States, which is brand new, Just um, we got designated that last year and that's over Sun Valley and Stanley, Idaho. Like, What's a dark sky park? A dark sky park is basically a designation that's given to locations that are super dark. And there's, only, there's not many in the world, but, you know, so I have this like perfect place in my own backyard where I can road trip and shoot the Milky Way and shoot landscapes and camp it's, and it's float the river and rock climb and, and do everything. So if I ever did hang it up, uh, which I probably won't, because No, you're gonna,
2: you're gonna be like Art Wolf. You're yeah. gonna go forever
0: going. and it's, ever, it's, it, and ever, it, ever. don't know anything off, di- Yeah, ever. you don't know anything different. It's yeah. a it's a it's a drug. It's my drug. It's it's an addiction. You know, like it I have to. I get stir crazy if I'm if I'm static for too long. Yeah, and I think Tracy can relate to that I too. I am because, exactly the same. Yeah, she's always like on the, the, the. She's been she's been the one that's trying to get me to go places. She's like, let's go here. Let's do this. And I'm like, oh, like I, I just You're like, back. oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired. I got to just chill, you know, at home for a couple of weeks. And yeah, she's she's like, oh, I don't know how she has so much energy. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of static, we've been kind of sitting in these chairs for a while. We're going to have to bring this to an end. So tell us Ooh. where you want. I know. <laughs> It's horrible. Where do you want people to go check out your work? Michael, you have a 17-year-old site, so you don't want to direct anybody there, right? Uh, Yeah, don't go go to my website. Uh, It's brutal. Find me
0: on on Myspace, Michael Bonacore. But uh, yeah, Instagram, Michael Bonacore, B-O-N-O-C-O-R-E, and Facebook, um, all that kind of stuff. But I run Resource Travel, so my company is Resource Travel, which is a division of Resource Magazine.
3: Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, under Tracy Lee Photos. I also have a website, tracylee.org. And, you know, I'm pretty known for Milky Way Chasers on Instagram as well. So
2: Very glad to have you. All right, that's it. Thanks,
0: Thank
3: guys. You.
2: Cheers.
0: Pro-EDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at proedu.com today. Limitless potential, my folks. The dude definitely abides. This podcast is officially over. Catch you a little later on down the trail, dude. Never stop
3: learning.